Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to A Doctor and a Lawyer Walk into a Podcast, episode number 26. I'm your North Texas attorney, Sean Esquire, and here always my great friend, Dr. Blom. Dr. Blom, how are you? Hello, everyone. It is Saturday, and uh, I'm I'm so excited to be here. I'm happy from head to toe, and I'm still uh, I'm still in awe on the uh, Halloween episode. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, new friends, for joining us. We've had a, a lot of great feedback. Sean Esquire, you are a beautiful human being. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I got a got a full night's sleep. Mm. Um, like. You know, was raring to go today. I didn't want to hold you up. Uh, okay, since, you know you're working nights. Sean Esquire is uh, right out of the gates, uh, just rubbing my face in his uh, sleeping, and then uh, I'm I'm been uh, working nights. I want to I want to dive right in if I can. Oh we, wait, we do any any, plum, any plumism cases? <laughs> so many. I'm just drowning. I'm drowning in uh, some. Some people, uh, outdated folk, would say uh, sat- satirism. Saturnism. Mm. We'll get into that. I've got some mailbag, Sean okay. Esquire. I am. This mailbag is. You've got mail. It is. Uh, it is pretty hefty here. First mailbag. Just diving in blind. I don't know, uh, listeners. You should know this by now. Mailbag. We don't really. We don't cherry pick, guys. We just dive right in. So first one, I just reach right in. Didn't even look at it. You guys are the best. Let's hang out. Please, let's hang out. Please, please, please call me Dalai Lama. Oh, that's that'd, pretty... be a, that'd be a fun one. <sighs> that guy is just Are you getting to the gun range? I mean, he's <laughs> always like, let's go to the gun range. Let's go hunting. Let's go uh, Let's go shoot some elk. My guy is, uh, <laughs> he's just, let's go to the club. That guy is. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. He's, a, he's a, like a well-known uh, hunter, I believe. Mm. Um, big time. He does, he does a lot of MMA stuff. He's always asked me to come check out his jacked up truck. Apparently, mm-hmm. he's got this huge like a like a dually thing, you know, that he never shuts up about. Yep, just likes to watch Bruce Lee movies at night. He just sees like, come on over, let's go mudding in my dually. I, <laughs> Dolly Dolly Lama. Lama. I didn't, didn't know you had an accent like that. He's like, yeah, I got all turn it off whenever the cameras come around. <laughs> all right, all right, Dalai Lama. Shana Squire, I've got uh, one more. Let me uh, reach in the old mailbag here. Oh, there's so many fan mails going on. This one says, thank you for showing me what real feminists are. Oh, that's really mm. nice. We, yeah. we do we do our best. This one, it's signed. Oh, wow. It's got a lot of like glitter and like sparkly stickers on it. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Like these stickers are like they smell like strawberries and stuff. Susan B. Anthony's Ghost. Oh. Sign that one. That was really nice of her. Susan B. Anthony's ghost. Thank you for sending us a letter from Beyond the Grave. Anybody, anyone else that's you know sending us letters from Beyond the Grave, very nice of you, everyone. So, uh, top top marks to everyone sending us the, uh, the the fan mail. Really great. Feeling the love, Sean Esquire, and Susan B. Anthony's ghost. You know, it's not a competition about who is the best feminist, Sean Esquire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, we're, we didn't mean to just smash we, the competition. We stand in unison. <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, we're we're happy to be part of the team. We're just happy to be here. So thank you, uh, Dalai Lama and Susan B. Anthony's ghost. Got a little bit of Maya Copa 
mm. and and follow up Mia Copa and or follow up Sean Esquire. Oh, so last episode, I should say this is the Halloween episode. I did actually get feedback, and they said uh, there were some people that said, "What's up with the laughing on my end?" Because I was describing a horrible crime scene, among other things. There was a few horrible things that I was describing. Right? Yeah. So a couple things. One is I'm just sometimes a jovial person enjoying the day, and mm-hmm. people, the listeners, they don't know Sean Esquire's face. It just brings Did me so much laugh? joy, oh. <laughs> just just joy, just joy. But no, I was literally dealing with. If you've ever been in a situation where you have something falling and then you have another thing falling and you can't reach both of them, and then uh, yeah, there was a whole thing between because I, I wasn't at home; I was on location, and so uh, and then there was a dude outside of the window who's like trying to wash windows and he's yelling at the other guy. I had five or six dumb things happening at once that I, I promise I was not laughing at the murders uh, and all these other horrible things that, that we covered on the, uh, on the Halloween episode. So I apologize to anyone. You didn't see what I was seeing. It was, it was ridiculous. There was so many of them that after the fifth or sixth one, and this, and then I'm trying to not drop beer and everything else. So I apologize on that. John Esquire, we did talk a little bit about uh, the presidential facial hair, like mm-hmm. uh, the the executive sideburns. Yeah. So the Amish beard of Abe Lincoln. Kind of, kind of uh, Amish beard. I think he. Had, I mean, he had a, like a full beard. I think, in retrospect, actually, we could say that he had a hipster beard. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. that's not that's not very polite. So sideburns, I did mention. Van Buren, Martin Van Buren, mm-hmm. he had the he had the boss. I think he's the boss in terms of presidential sideburns. And there's uh, John Q. Adams. So oh. John John Q. Adams, first president with facial hair, but in terms of sideburns, Martin Van Buren, he's the you know the. So the if world. I ever become president, I will then shave my beard into massive sideburns. So you I can't can you, take the crown. You can go. You can take the take the crown. Do it. Then uh, you can usurp usurp uh, Martin Van Buren regarding his super boss. Yeah. So we had talked about oh who's the president with the super super boss sideburns. That's Martin Van Buren for sure. Uh, John Q. Adams. He he uh, he walked sideburns so that Martin Van Buren could run. I think that's what they say. Then also the last president with facial hair ever, Sean Esquire. Mm. It would have been cool if, like, Bill Clinton had a goatee or something. <laughs> Roosevelt. <laughs> Roosevelt. Uh, last president with facial hair was William Taft. Oh. He had. You Bill. can remember Taft had the stash. That's what that's a saying. Taft stash. <laughs> It's probably not a saying. <laughs> so the last president with facial hair was uh, was William Taft. Yeah. So first facial hair, John Q. Adams, because he, you know, he had to set himself aside. He was like, "I'm not my dad. I've got, I've got facial hair." So and then he got the Taft stash bash. <laughs> Taft stash attack bash. There we go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, presidents, up and coming presidents. Then don't be scared. Bring it, bring it back. Maybe, uh, 
like a Salvador Dali mustache, get that like get that fun get that fun thing going on there. So yeah, it's a possibility. Shana Squire, any follow up on your end? I do have a couple others. I'm gonna try to. I've get, got a lot. Even. I'm gonna skip. <laughs> got the, a lot. <laughs> the next okay. one here. Um, we talked about the wigs uh, mm. for Supreme Court justices. Not so, like the wigs, like the old Republican, they, like the the wigs. The wig, the yeah, one. yeah, not those. Um, actually, wearing wigs, they still do this in the UK, and uh, but we don't anymore. So it wasn't till, I guess, after John Marshall, uh, or basically the tenure of Chief Justice John Marshall, all Supreme Court justices wore red robes with ermine trim which is like the white with the black dot. Like you see it on the, the fancy like Kings and Queen robes. So it's, you know, the robe and it's got the, the trim. That's the white fur. So that's what they had on. And then they were, uh, well, I like the fur. It's like, a like, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say like those dudes that are walking the streets with, uh, like green suits and a cane. But they've got oh, that fur. yeah, the fur. Exactly. Right. I don't know what those guys do. I just see them around town. They're always friendly as heck. You know, those guys, so, they always have cool names. So the, <laughs> but the, but the U.S. said, we're going to, we're going to ride with this, that mm-hmm. whole thing. For- and they, they, then they wore the full bottomed wigs. And then Marshall was like, Mm-mm, done with it. So that's, oh, it was one, it was one dude that said, we're, we're, yeah, enough of this. Right. And then he, he started wearing just the black uh, silk robe, no wig. Um, yeah. So anyways, with the wigs, though, so it was – I saw this. Wigs, when not used to cover syphilis-related hair loss, were also helpful for those who had lice. It was much more difficult to treat and pick through the hair on one's head than it was to sanitize a wig. I mean – how did they know? Hey, this guy's got uh, hair loss, and then and they said, "Oh, this guy's got syphilis hair loss." I thought isn't syphilis an STD? Well, it is an STD. There's essentially there's three. So the in this day and age, it's, it's like very, the herpes on your lip. Like when it's you very, it's very very treatable, and I guess maybe the textbook case is Al Capone. He had tertiary syphilis. So by the time you get the tertiary syphilis, it's in the brain. It's Ooh. it's in there, right? So then you're you're going crazy. I think old old olden days they would call it Cupid's disease because it would cause all these, you know. You put your arrow in too many quivers. <laughs> you have these neurological weird manifestations. Anyway, so uh, in terms of the the wig situation, I think it's hilarious that the judges were. Hey, we have to wear these powdered wigs. I'm like, why? Uh, because they're very important, and this is a this is a job. You know, like soldiers have a uniform, and doctors have a uniform, and we have powdered wigs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have them because of syphilis. Do you? Oh, no, that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. No, do you have them because of lice? No, also no. So. Yeah, I don't understand it. I sent you that picture of the the female attorney. With like the long brunette hair, but the tiny little white wig cap on, I thought that was odd looking. Like, why not wear a full on wig? That she said, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go to powdered wig town as a retro thing." Mm-hmm. That was like a fairly modern lady. 
that said, yeah. I'm going, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing a retro. And then she landed on powdered wig. Yeah. She could, she could have landed on top hat or derby, those derby hats. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's a lot of head adornments that happened that she had to land on that. So, um, yeah. But so- I, I like the fact that the U.S., that the judges said, hey, the Brits, you know, we had our time and they're doing all their British stuff and we're not going to do the wigs anymore. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. that was the wigs. Um, another follow-up, son of Sam Laws. So we talked about. Oh, yeah. So the guy he was going to collect on on the, uh, the, the documentary and right. books. Well, yeah, if you, if you murder, well, I mean, you know, in the 70s, you murder somebody and then you go to jail and then Warner Brothers or MGM, they say, hey, we're going to make a movie. And then and then I and then I said, I told you, hey, there's a law or something. And you're like, eh, I don't know anything about that. So they eight states. Don't ask me all the states. I know Texas is one of them. Mm. Have a son of Sam law that basically prohibits offenders from profiting off their crime. So the money goes back to the state, which then goes to like the victims or victims' family of a crime. Oh wow! So if you murder people in in eight states, the the other states, the other forty two states, 42. who yeah. who, know, who knows what happens for those guys? Right, but in in eight states at least, yeah, that's that was my question. Thank you for the follow, by the way, because that's a real follow up. Then I said, hey, is it a federal thing or what's the situation? So there's at least eight states doing it right. Mm-hmm. And if somebody murders someone, they're not going to collect; they go to jail forever. They won't get any money, but the family will get money. So that's right. good, right. right? That's good. Yeah. So that uh, I nice. w- well, I wonder. I mean, it's not murder. It's not direct murder, but I wonder. You know, Alex Jones got that uh, like oh, bi- two trillion dollars. Billion dollars. <laughs> it's like a bazillion dollar lawsuit. I wonder if um, those families, the Sandy Hook families, directly get into that, or like where does that money go that that guy has to pay? It's. I think it's literally over a billion. Yeah, it's like oh, two billion. I think. Yeah. Or ten. Or 10. Two or ten. It's it's an insane, insane amount. That it, uh, so yeah, I guess maybe that's another follow up there. I'm doing I'm doing more follow up, trying to follow up on the like, follow up. Who's who's getting that money? What's going on with that? But yeah, so uh, way to go, the eight states that actually know to not let murderers collect on on their murders, mm-hmm. and that, uh, yeah, that the, that the families get here. Here's the other. Can I be devil's advocate here on, sure. on all of that? Imagine if you're a family and then the guy's like, oh, I, I, I you know, I murdered a bunch of people and now, um, now HBO wants my story and I sold it to them and then, oh, I, I don't get the money, but I guess you'll, you'll get the money. And then on top of that, guess what happened? Oh, here comes the IRS. Oh no, we're going to get most of that money or half of it or whatever else. And then. <laughs> Right, I'm sure because it's income, it counts. So yeah. then the government that the government does what it's yeah. So hey everybody, if you are in a horrible situation and then uh, this horrible person tries to do uh, collect uh, on his, on his crime, I'm gonna say his his crime, his or her crime. Uh, it's probably a guy. Could be a then, woman, right? It's you know that's not. The feminist to me says probably not. And then so and then the, the United States government says, Oh, where's our cut on that, on that blood money? 
Right. So the United States government gets part of the blood money just because it's income. All right. We're Everyone, assuming. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I'm saying our, our listeners. I've heard you, know, you say some things. Our beloved fans, then you know how infuriating, like justifiably outraged you should be. I'm also going to say on the uh, on the Halloween episode that there was uh, there was uh, there was the lead poisoning comment. And then oh, was, you want to go to that? Well, okay. just really quick, really, really quick here. It, I said I had said uh, Saturnism, and I said I don't remember that from medical school. The reason why I don't remember that from medical school is because it's an archaic term. So mm. pl- plumism, p p l u m b ism, like like a plumber. That's the term. So uh, plumism is, is it because they poison. used to have lead pipes? Uh, yeah, from the Romans. That's yeah. That's part of what. Uh, that's part of the lead poisoning that killed the Romans was because of the pipes. That's part of big, you know the, part of the downfall of the Roman big, Empire. Big public service announcement too. Right now, um, the FDA has recalled a bunch of applesauce packages for babies because of lead poisoning, as well as I just saw yesterday shipments of cinnamon. So if you're using mm. cinnamon coming up for the Christmas holiday, don't. That would be my two cents. What am I? Okay, this this is a big deal because I put cinnamon in my coffee, and I drink a lot of coffee. And you're a little loopy. What in God's? I'm a little loopy because I was up late practicing medicine, and then somebody was like, "Let's do potting at at eight a.m." And then it was like noon. I'm like, "I'm ready for. I got to go to bed." And like, "Oh, potting time." what am I supposed to put in my coffee, Sean Esquire? Because I drink a lot of coffee and I like cinnamon in my coffee. And now I'm very, very upset about this. I think being cantankerous uh, is a this, symptom of lead poisoning. This plumism. Do you know about this plumism going on? Some yeah. would say, I mean, if you were, <laughs> if you were really just uh, didn't know, you would say Saturnism. If you were, if you were just like our, our not not up to speed. Our listeners should really take this to heart that we've been on the forefront, or at least I have, of alerting people to the dangers of lead poisoning, and now it's coming true. It's it's full circle. Mm. This has come up a few times, Sean Esquire, that uh, Doctor and Lawyer Walking to Podcast. We did we did some volcano stuff not mm-hmm. that long ago, and then oh, there's a lot of volcano stuff going on. What's going on with these guys? And then we, and then Sean Esquire has very much been uh, the like, leader, uh, national, uh, in terms of plumism. Mm-hmm. Sean Esquire is like the, the plumismologist lately. Pluminist. <laughs> if, you are, if you're using our uh, archaic terms, the Saturn, Saturn is. Uh, so, Yes. This is why when we say, oh, we had tef- technical difficulties, probably it was the CIA lizard people. Uh, yeah, we're not that far off base. Yeah. So and I've got I, I need to give a, a quick shout out to my mother-in-law. So she listened to the Halloween episode and loved your discussion of the Amityville horror stories and the murders. She and- she she texted me and she said, uh, fine. I'm I'm kind of warming up to Sean. Kind of. I've mm-hmm. never really been a fan of his. 
I can't really say I'm happy that he's part of the family. And now I heard the podcast and I feel like the the door is, you know, God closes a door and opens another door, just something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that's what she was telling me. So I think that's fair. I think, you know, good for you, man. You got well, you got she, a foot you got a foot in there getting in she, there. She brought up an interesting theory. So these murders happened when, Dr. Blum? This was seventies. Okay. And they could have had lead paint on the walls in the house, which led to the guy going crazy and murdering the family. That makes a lot of sense. See? Yeah. Lead poisoning. I don't know. I mean, again, who is blowing the lid off of all of these, all of these uh, conspiracies? Only us. Yeah. he, He went crazy because of the lead poisoning from the lead paint. And then the family died from the lead poisoning of the bullets. Double double whammy. That's not good, everyone. A lot of I highly, I, as a physician, I'm going to say this, and this might be controversial. Uh, I don't care. Don't get exposed to lead via mm-hmm. paint from the 70s or whatever, and then you're subjected. Then maybe you get shot, you know, by some bullets that are lead, and then and then that's just even more lead, and then you're just drunk with power. And you're just like, I'm using these pencils from the 1940s or, you know, and then you just, you just keep going. Don't do that. Don't. It's too uh, much know, lead. <laughs> too much. Mm-hmm. You, you, you let, you led yourself down, uh, down. Uh, you don't want to lead yourself, uh, led yourself astray. You led your, you led yourself into some, uh, some plumism. That's dumb. That's plum, plum dumb there. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, also, on the previous on the Halloween episode, I had said I had gone, I said about the Marvel and the DC connection. If you go Mr. back, and, if you go back and listen to it, really the whole the whole thing was the lady from the Amityville uh, 1979 movie with uh, James Brolin. So she was Lois Lane. That's a DC connection, oh, and then I explained man. everything else. Right. Yeah. Thank you very much. So don't get don't get confused there. It sounds like I was saying, oh, James Brolin and Josh Brolin, it's it's DC, it's not Marvel. And then there was Ryan Reynolds, who also did a Amityville thing in 2005, a movie, a 2005 movie. So it all I know everyone, I'm I'm comic book nerd. I know the difference between Marvel and DC. And so if you think that I was getting it you know, messed up. I wasn't getting it messed up. Sean Esquire also was uh, talking about because the Halloween episode was a uh, kooky spooky. Everyone, mm-hmm. if you didn't, if you didn't get that, so Sean Esquire brought up a Leonard Skinner album, and we talked about the the plane going down and all that stuff. Sean Esquire, yes. So, oh yeah, you... they released the album right. with the band on fire, yeah. and then the plane crashes two days later. Correct. And then they changed the album cover. Yeah. So I, I had I had mentioned a joke about the name of the album and all these other things. That's not the point, uh, at least not right now. So Sean Esquire, Leonard Skinner. Do you know where that name came from? Do you know the person, Leonard Skinner? Everyone. Um. No. Leonard Skinner 
Mm. Was this a nickname in like high school? Like <clears throat> athletics? He was a basketball player. I mean, you are very warm. You are you are very you 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 are getting very very warm. This Captain is great... of the cheer squad. Oh, man, you're close. Uh, this is this is a great story in the uh, in the annals of uh, rock and roll. Once upon a time, not that long ago, I think it's probably '60s. There was a high school I, i'm gonna say high school there was a high school coach and the high school coach he told these boys hey your hair is too long what's wrong with you get your head out of your ass go cut your hair what's wrong You're, you look like communist that's what they said back then this coach's name was leonard skinner so these boys they said hey we're gonna form, we'll, we'll do our band our band will be called leonard skinner that's where leonard skinner got their name from I apologize to everyone that in that the Halloween episode, we had had so much fun. We had a few drinks. We invited. We were enjoying. Boo, Sean Esquire, you were enjoying life. And then, you know, and then so I was trying to make a reference to, you know, how not to live life, whatever. Here's the point. Uh, Leonard Skinner, that's where the Leonard Skinner name came from. And also in the courts of the Halloween episode, Mayacopa, a huge Mayacopa, everyone. I had said, uh, I was talking about Clyde the Glide, the uh, the dream team, the dream team, Shana Square, oh. Char- Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, Team USA. Clyde, uh, Akeem Olajuwon, right? So in in that course of that, I I said I said uh, Clyde Barkley, I meant Charles Barkley and Clyde the Glide. So uh, uh, deepest apologies for that, everyone. I'm just embarrassed. I'm just really, really, really embarrassed that I that I said uh, Clyde Barkley. I'm that, embarrassed that, for you. I know, I know, everyone. I'm sorry. There was, uh, you know, I, I probably, I should have, I should have had a sandwich that day before we started potting, but uh, that I think is my is part of my of my follow up. But I do want to say, Sean Esquire talked about Chuck Yeager on our kooky kooky spooky episode, mm-hmm. and and in the course of that. So the whole deal was, you know, Chuck Yeager was breaking the sound barrier. In the course of the sound barrier, what is Mach 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6? Oh, I thought we were going to get into the wife riding him again. But we can talk about <laughs> maybe, the maybe, sound. <laughs> um, I, again, uh, Chuck Yeager family, I don't want to apologize 100%. I just want to say, you know. Love is love. Good, good for you. Right, easy, yeah. right, easy. That's what I always say. Um, so speeds Mach one is like what seven hundred and like fifty miles per hour. It's it's a it's a weird setup, and and I'm here, Shana Square. Please just relax. I know that you toss and turn at night, and you're like, what's Mach one? What is Mach four? What is Mach five? Don't 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 worry, my friend. I want to take care of it. Uh, so Mach one, two, three, four, five, whatever. Uh, it's not constant. It 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 is it is a uh, it depends. So Mach one approximate is seven hundred and sixty two point two miles per hour. 
two is fifteen hundred miles an hour. So you just double it. So not exactly. So Mach itself, it's the flow velocity divided by the speed of sound. Now, speed of sound, flow velocity is relative to how high you are, right? The amount of, uh, and, and also this is, this is a little bit of foreshadowing. So it, it is, it is not a constant sort of thing. It, it's relative to the, the density of the air. How, how close are you to the earth? How high up are you? If you're way crazy high, then the atmosphere is thin and things like that. So it's a, it's a dimensionless quantity rather than a unit. So it's, it's capitalized because of that it's capitalized, right? So centimeters, that's not capitalized like, Oh, five centimeters. Right. No one with, knows that with mock, <laughs> with mock it's, it's capitalized. Uh, and, and because it's, because it's dimensionless and then the, the number comes after the mock, right? So if you have a number that comes after the mock, like mock five or whatever, if you have nine miles and miles is a mile is a mile is a mile is a mile right but when, like when you have this nomenclature about the mock or whatever else comes after the number then you know oh something's going on here here uh, the mystery solved i'm solving the mystery everyone don't worry about it so the uh, speed of sound is not constant it's not constant in the gas for sure it increases proportionally to the square root of the absolute temperature. Hey, stay with me, everybody. Don't get weird because I said absolute temperature. And then the absolute temperature is uh, decreased when there's an increased altitude. That's common sense. So speed of sound also is going to decrease. The fastest American thing ever, Sean Esquire, the uh -huh. jet, the thing. Oh, right. the SR-71 Blackbird? Mm, you are, again, very warm. You keep, I don't know, man. I feel like golfing-wise, like you're just around. You're just so close to like mm -hmm. nailing the, right? So the fastest jet ever, ever. in the history of, of, of all the jets. I, I think, I don't think like just American. I think just jets in general. Mm, drinking a beer. Sean Esquire, what is it? Fast beer. jet ever made. Um, the mm. U.S. Air Force X-15. <laughs> now I'm going to get 9,000 complaints about like, oh, Dr. Blom's laughing all the time. So, yeah, Sean Esquire did not look that up on his phone. No, X of course not. That's just knowledge. I, I mistakenly put common knowledge that one. Well, you, know, you know what? That's fair because Elon named his kid something 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 X fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. No, that's that's where that that's where he got the X fifteen from. It's the fastest jet ever in the history of all the jets. So um, till they make an X sixteen. Fifteen point five. 15.9999. So, uh, yeah, the X-15, well, so on the Halloween episode, we did talk about Chuck Yeager and Chuck Yeager. I don't know, Sean Esquire. What, mm -hmm. You're the expert on Chuck Yeager. What about him? Well, I mean, <laughs> what was he flying? Oh, he was flying the Bell X-1. Okay. 
Oh no no! So that's in that family of the X-15s and all that. I think. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah. So the fastest thing in the history of all the flying things in terms of like planet Earth, American X-15, it has to be dropped by a B-52. And then this was first done, the X-15, June 8, 1959, uh, was retired in 1968. They only made three of them. And the highest speed of these, of all the X-15s, Shauna Square, so we talked about Mach 1, 762, Mach 2, 1534, Mach 3, 2301, Mach 4, 3069. By the way, those, those are relative, but not, you're getting the point. It's very fast. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty hard. You probably get like, you know, beer and eggs from the grocery store and mm-hmm. be home before anybody knows. So then uh, high speed was 4,520 miles per hour, which they did in October the 3rd, 1967. And the person that did it, let's recognize this gentleman for 4, going 4520 like miles 7 mocks it is very close to 6 mocks correct again it it's relative right a mock is not like a mile so it's you know mock equals flow velocity divided by the speed of sound so the uh, the 4500 mile per hour uh, william j knight he did he did 6.7 mocks. I'm sorry. Again, you have to say mock first. He but did mock. Did he, he did... do it with two broken ribs after falling off a horse? <sighs> I mean, he's he's not one to brag probably. Mm. He did mock 6.7 because Sean Esquire, you oh, you right wouldn't there. you wouldn't say mile 5, right? Oh. I explained to you how nomenclature works. I don't mm-hmm. I want to keep doing it over again. So he did Mach 6.7 uh, at an altitude of uh, 19.3 miles. Twelve pilots. Oh, hey everybody! We're doing we're doing the X15 program. We're doing the X, we're doing the fastest jets here, by the way. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, uh, catch up, Shana Squire. Yeah. Did you get that? Catch I did, up. I did. I did. I did, a, I did a, like a pun there. Like I'm oh. doing like all these right. <laughs> I it's like how a, you led the way there. Uh, <laughs> As... Plumism. Uh, there's 12 pilots that flew uh, something uh, like 199 flights. Let's call it 200 flights. 12 pilots, they did about 200 flights. Eight of those pilots, they met space flight criteria by exceeding an altitude. What is the what is the line in the sand, Sean Esquire? I'm guessing like 55,000 feet. Because you're not looking it up on your phone right now. <laughs> I'm not. Was that right? No, I'm texting you all the time. <laughs> it's 50 miles. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, if you if you did it, then bravo. It is 50 miles. 50 miles, that's the cutoff. Oh, I said 55,000 feet. I don't, I don't know if they've changed it since then. So in the olden days, so everyone, what we're doing is Sean Esquire had brought up Chuck Yeager on the, on the Halloween episode kooky kooky spooky because what's kookier or spookier than the sound barrier so what and he takes off in like sarasota florida and lands in tokyo in like four minutes what's the william j knight that's doing yeah. like four thousand miles an hour going 4500 miles an hour that's mm-hmm. that's fast i mean he's probably going back in time 
That's and what thirty minutes from like pick, picking California up his, to picking up his DC, picking up his laundry, and then he's like, "Oh, oh, hey, he he has his." He's they got the best Chinese food. He's got his, he's got his dry cleaning before he even drops it off. So that's yeah. pretty cool. So yes, there's twelve pilots that flew, uh, basically uh, two hundred flights, and then they the space flight criteria was uh above the altitude of 50 miles so at that point basically you're then you're an astronaut if you go beyond that this is back back in the uh, in the 60s so i don't know if they've changed it since then i don't think that they should change it by the way i think that it should be what it is and then they they actually had uh civilian pilots in on that on those missions on those x missions and they flew uh 62 miles and 62 miles that is outer space. So they had civilian pilots that flew over 50 miles, and then they uh, and and then it took a long, long time. But eventually, NASA recognized them in 2005, and then so there was these three dudes: Bill, Dana, John Walker, and John uh, McKay. They were all NASA employees. So in the X mission, you know, they had uh, military dudes. And they had these NASA dudes. NASA dudes were considered civilian pilots, even though they're part of NASA. Probably. I mean, when you say civilian pilots, that just sounds like I'm a crop duster that went 4,000 miles an hour. (laughs) That's not really. That's not really. Yeah. When I first read it, I was like civilian pilots. And I was like, yeah, these other guys were Air Force pilots, Navy pilots. Like these guys were just stupid NASA guys. (laughs) There's no stupid NASA guys. So, um, oh, a sidebar here. Joe Walker, he set the um, the altitude record twice. Um, but yeah, but he did die at age 45. And then the line between Earth and space, uh, this is something I didn't know. It's called the Kármán line with a K. K-A-R-M-A-N, Carmen Line. It's not really precise. There's a lot of debate, like everything else. Well, it's so, flat. So. Yeah, so in in the <laughs> because the Earth is flat. So in this in this whole X program about like the fastest dudes ever, the fastest because Shannon Scar was like, oh, Chuck Yeager, uh, the speed of sound or whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. How about the uh, dudes from the X15 program, Mister Knight? So, Right. Yes. William J. Knight, Mach 6.5, uh, with an altitude of 19.3 miles. He was like the dude forever. By the way, we're talking about 1967, everybody. Yeah. So what are they doing now? Well, Tom Cruise did like what Mach 11 in Top Gun 2. The Probably. Opening yeah. scene. So in the in this X program, uh, there were five Air Air Force dudes, five NASA dudes. Right, the NASA dudes were considered civilians, right? One Navy pilot, and then um, one uh, this employee, like uh, North American, like a maintenance man, (laughs) kind of. Right. Uh, Also, Sean Esquire in all of these X, these are like. So You're all like, twelve oh, men were in the plane. Not at one time. Oh, okay. 
No, 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 no. They all they all did. They all you know, flew it. One dude went crazy fast, and another dude went crazy high, and another dude like died, and everything like that. But in no, no, no. So this is the X program. This is the fastest plane in the history of planes. That you that you said, oh, Chuck Yeager, speed of sound. Blah, you know, what, you know, would be the most ridiculous thing to see. What if they had like six of these X 15s and they do an air show like the Blue Angels, but they're doing it at Mach six. So like you're only seeing them, you know, briefly. I think I think if you have because they only had like three of those planes. I don't know about ever. I, uh-huh. I, I they only had the, the X the X fifteen. It'd be a very small plane, show. Fastest plane in the history of the world. But I think if they if they had nine, ten of those things flying at once, like the Blue Angels, yeah, you would just open a portal to. I don't know, like the the caveman times. If you had if you had fifteen or sixteen of those, like like zipping through, jacking jacking six mocks. You know, yeah. I'm sorry, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mock six point five, mm-hmm. Sean Esquire. You have to say mock first. I don't know if you know that or not. So we jacking mock, mocks. Right. So they're they're jack they're jacking they're jacking the mocks at like six. Mm-hmm. You know the. They're rocking, they're rocking mocks like several. Anyway, if you had a bunch of those super jets doing all that at one time, you probably tear a hole in the time space continuum, like a, yeah. you know, a, maybe not a big one, but enough to like go back to dinosaurs mm-hmm. and just like, hey, I'm gonna fry up a T Rex, something like like a barbecue T Rex, T Rex T bone. That's probably what the Pentagon does on the weekend. So that's some foreshadowing. There was, exactly. So, in this X program, Sean Esquire, the the uh, again, everyone. The reason why this is happening is because Sean Esquire said Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier, and we did that on the on the Halloween episode because it was kooky. So I'm doing the breaking even more of the of the more mock barriers. barrier, right? More. I'm I'm we we break barriers, everyone. Break. Breaking barriers that need to be broken, and then so Shana Square. Who can you just name one, maybe one famous person that's in this X program? Mister Knight. Mister Knight. Well, well, I mean, yes. Now, obviously, yeah. maybe. Have you ever heard of this dude? Oh, Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't oh. look at the text that I sent you a week ago. No, <laughs> no, it's too late. No, no. Neil Neil Armstrong was in the in the X program flying these insane amazing jets is Mach the program 6? still going no 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 no. so now it's the x x program mm, now it's just they go to space basically like, like x like former but like x, uh shadow square had, had asked about i mean also i had asked about chuck yeager uh he, is because uh, Sean Esquire said, "Oh, Chuck Yeager, he flew like two hundred of these planes or three hundred of these planes, and he did this and this and this, and he's uh, he he is a uh, freaking American hero, yes, mm-hmm. and uh, but he did not fly any of the X program, the fastest planes in the history of planes, but he did fly uh, some of the B fifty twos that dropped the planes. So mm-hmm. there's that." Well, he was in the first program. Neil Armstrong was in the actual X program, flying these super amazing jets. jets. That yeah, the really mocks, jet. It sounds like it's just a, a missile at that point. 
It is exactly. You are correct. It is. It is a missile with wings, and uh, that's what happened. But uh, the fastest one, six, six Mach six and change, mm-hmm. and and so and also, can I say this? This is the 1960s. So again, we've covered this. What do you think the government is doing now that they've done? You know, no that they've done all that. Ex- no Thank you. Yes. So uh, yes, Sean Esquire did Chuck Yeager. The sound, the sound barrier, which is like a horse and buggy. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a, somebody. Oh, look at me! I'm, uh, I'm gonna go pick up some tomatoes at the at the farmers market. But you want to talk about real deal science and, um, blasting rockets and everything. The X fifteen missions, whatever. So uh, yeah, that was that was in the sixty. Oh, there we go. Hey everybody, we're gonna take a quick break and then. Sean Esquire is going to tell us about his amazing beer and everything else that's going on. So quick break, everyone. Beer time, Dr. Blum. Mm. I've got a, I've got an interesting beer this week. I don't know if you want me to go first or if you want to discuss. Is it a Zima or you got some weird. Uh, I don't even peach, know how to pronounce peach hot thing it. Or... But it. It says wind hoke. W-I-N-D-H-O-E-K, premium lager. It's a 4% alcohol, so very light. Um, This beer is brewed in Namibia. Oh, hey, shout out out to our our African friends. That's in West Africa on the coast. Oh, they're supposed um, to have some of the most gorgeous beaches in the world. What's interesting, so this beer is also brewed according to the Reinheitsgebot uh, standards of 1516. So they follow the German purity law regarding their beer brewing. As they should, as anyone should. You should That's only right. have four things in any beer ever. Germany purity law for the beer should sweep the globe around the globe yeah so this was uh crafted with passion since 1920 so they've been brewing a while it's not bad tastes like any light beer though but it's not uh it's not like a like a pilsner like pilsny or a hoppy or anything like that no it's not it's it's very uh crisp like a domestic light beer would be is what it makes me think of a little bit more flavor um so maybe like um Maybe like a Modelo Especial. Oh like wow! That. Okay, I like I like a Modelo Dark. Uh, I oh, the think. amber or whatever. Yeah, amber. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't drink a lot of Modelos. I feel like if you drink four or five of them, then you're going to be miserable the next day. Mm-hmm. So, I am sticking with my Shiner Oktoberfest. I have been laughing with Sean Esquire about this for. <laughs> A week or two, every time I go to a grocery store or wherever, and I say, I'm going to take all of them. All of them, thank you. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like the uh, the Oktoberfest is, is kind of right on the money. Very close to a uh, Marzen. And while we haven't gotten a... Sorry, hiccups. Uh, everyone, uh, listeners of the show, you know what's coming. Once I get the hiccups, then 
Ah, uh, get ready. Get ready for hilarity. Get ready uh, for two more hours of recording. Get ready. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about NASA for three hours. So uh the uh the Marsans actually uh, the Marsan uh it, it means March and they used to brew it in March and that's part of the, the like the whole Oktoberfest situation mm-hmm. that happened. So I feel like what you're telling me your beer would be a little light for my taste or it would be too. Yeah. Is, is, Way is lighter it, than it's not hoppy, but it's not like a blondie, like a, not like a blondie blondie. It's just kind of, kind of hoppy. Uh, slightly hoppy. Not, uh. not much. Like I said, it's, it's pretty similar to domestic beers. So, well, listeners, I will say this. If you looked at our X page in this last week, uh, doc law podcast at the, at the X, then you will know, as promised, something very controversial happened this last week, Sean Esquire. Oh, the steak cook-off. This, the, as promised, I did a marinade versus dry rub. Sean mm-hmm. Esquire is very, very dry. I was at the store texting Sean Esquire saying, which one of these dry rub situations should I get? And then he was, he was very, very uh, forthcoming. Very, very available. Thank you, Sean Esquire. Saying I open up. Get this, don't get this. And then it was very and then I, I went home. So I got, yeah, uh four steaks. I had four these were New York strips, these were not ribeyes. I don't think that's gonna matter very much. I really oh, don't. You you think the ribeye versus the New York strip would matter a lot? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy to keep the head to head going. So yeah, these these were this was just a this was a flyby thing. I said, oh, I found these New York strips, a few of them, and it was a great deal. And so I went home and I did the uh, I did the dry rub. So Sean Esquire says tapioca flour, also known mm-hmm. as tapioca starch. They're the same, by the way. I don't know if anyone one of knows the same. That. They're 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 the same. They're the same guy. Tapioca flour, tapioca starch. Do that. You dry it out. Uh, Sean Esquire said an hour. I feel oh, like I could have gone two, three hours, like really dried it yeah, out. You can could could have gone longer. Okay, uh, and then and then I did a dry rub. On my, uh, the dry rub on those were um, we put some oil on it first, right? So that the I did I did everything Sean Esquire told yeah. me to do. Yeah, I did <laughs> classic <laughs> all, all oil on there, and then uh, black pepper. And I'm not a I'm not a salt guy. I'm really not a salt guy. And I uh, did a like some sea salt and smoked paprika, garlic powder, onion powder, all the all the powders and the and the dryness. So I did I did all that. And then for the marinade, which I've known for all of my life, uh-huh. that if you if you've listened to the show, you know that uh, my marinade did a red wine, a little bit of Worcestershire, a little bit of soy, like low sodium soy, and and just garlic. For 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 my marinade, I, I think less is more. Just a few ingredients. Anyway, so I did them both, and then I grilled them, and they were all delicious. They were all amazing. And I still, I told John Esquire, I said, yeah, there's just different. Like the marinades were very uh, rich in terms of the taste. You know, like sometimes you want like a very rich chocolate 
and sometimes you want something subtle. And then the dry rub had that, uh, the, the dry rub was like the texture. It was like this had this uh, crunchy exoskeleton, uh, mm. which I loved. It was like a whole different situation for that. I just feel like they were, like we said, old world, new world. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We didn't put this, I didn't, I didn't mention it earlier, but since Thanksgiving is around the corner, what is your turkey uh, prep cook method? <clears throat> dry rub, marinade, brine. Hey, yeah, I made I made a turkey for Friendsgiving, and I told Sean Esquire, "Hey, hey, come on, come on down for Friendsgiving." And he was like, "Oh, I got to do golf stuff or whatever." And so, I think honestly, I have a theory that Sean Esquire is a lawyer for Ken Paxton, and he's trying to help <laughs> Ken Paxton. And so that's my that's my own theory. But uh, yes, everyone, stop what you're doing right now. I will give you all of the turkey information that you need right now. This is Dr. Blom's turkey situation 101, one, two, three, go. First of all, get a big bucket. Get a a bird. Get yourself a 15-pound bird. If you have a bunch of people, 20-pound bird, you really don't need a lot. Uh, I'm... I'm very, uh, you know, I don't want the bird to have a bunch of antibiotics. I don't want the bird to have any antibiotics, anything like that. So get the bird out of the package. Get the stuff out of the bird, right? So, uh, oh, if you have a big, I mean, you have a big bird, you need to put it in the fridge for a few days so that it thaws out. Mm. And then uh, probably like at least four or five days before you're going to, uh, to actually cook, depending on how big the bird is. Then you get the bird out of the package. Get those giblets out. Right, mm-hmm. get the get the neck out, all of that Gizzards. stuff. Get the get the inside of the bird out, all that stuff. Get it out. You want a big bucket that you put your bird in when you get that stuff out. Stick that bird in that bucket. Fill that inside of that bird. Fill 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 it up. Get that inside of the bird. You want Granny Smith apples. You want lemons that you that you crush so that you get lemon juice everywhere. Fresh garlic, elephant garlic. Don't be shy. Get that elephant garlic in there. All of the delicious herbs. I'm very happy to have an herb garden. I have fresh rosemary and basil and sage. And so just cram all that in the bird. And um, and then for the, uh, like in the bucket, you have uh, Italian, really, really, really good Italian uh, marinade. Um, The Ken Ken Steakhouse. I like that. Mm -hmm. You have to do a whole one. Uh, you want the, I like, uh, chicken, chicken broth, like low salt chicken broth. And you have that in there, uh, fresh cloves, put some fresh cloves in there, this whole delicious situation. So then once you got your bird stuffed and all of that delicious juice on your bird, put a foil on top, stick your bird in the, in the fridge and then you can let that bird soak overnight, depending so on, you again. Have, you have a, a, a bucket in your fridge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, a, I have a bird that I put in the bucket, and the bucket's filled with all kinds of delicious olive oil and oregano and... How much, how much Italian dressing are you putting in this thing? This is like a five-gallon bucket, right? Oh, like, is it the bird is submerged in the fluids? Mm-hmm. Bird, bird okay. is submerged. Submerge that bird. And then how uh, long do you uh, let it marinate? Uh, depending on like 15, 20 pound bird, I'm going to let it marinate for 
12 hours there thereabouts. So yeah. it's a five day prep process here. Well, I mean, the, the, the five day, thaw. I mean, the five days is the thaw. So right. I don't know. I don't know how legitimate that is. Yeah. You, you, there, there has to be Probably a fall in there. Microwave fairly quick. <laughs> you could cram the bird in there. <laughs> microwave that Put it bird. Put def- defrost setting. Um, hmm. Bird, bird is a lot of hurry up and wait, and, and and it's worth every every minute of it. Yeah, so you get this uh, giant bucket that you put the bird in. Uh, I don't want to hear my. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. History horn. I get it. I don't disagree. History, history time. His, history horn. Yeah, it can be more important than the bird. But thank you for asking me about the bird. Sean Esquire, uh, what is going on on your history end since you oh. were so freaking excited to fire off the freaking history horn? Oh, what do you got over there? Are you going to do the... You know I looked up the one story. You're like, hey, why don't you look up the... is Was the Vietnam War legal? And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. This is going to be a great deep dive for all of our listeners. <laughs> it's a deep dive. Guess what? It wasn't. Turns out Supreme Court didn't even want to hear it. They were like, nope, not not hearing that. So You had a a November 9th, 1970, Supreme Court justice refuses to rule on the legality of the Vietnam War. Yeah, so just the backstory here. So what, uh, in the United States, who declares the U.S. goes to war? Congress. Right. So Massachusetts passed a law that basically said, we're not going to send Massachusetts to the draft because Congress has not declared the war with, with Viet, you know, in Vietnam. And so they challenged it to try to get it to the Supreme court. So the Supreme court could say, yeah, Congress hasn't declared a war. So, they can't go any further, but SCOTUS decided we're not going to hear it, and that was the end of it. So that's my history lesson for the week. Yeah, Born but, the, 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 but sh- then there were people that, like, they burned their draft card, and they went to war, and there was, like, you know, they didn't go to war, and they deserted and went to Canada, and, you know, there was there, there was a lot beyond that. Yeah, kind of. No. The, the whole the whole point of that was can the Supreme Court this was you know like we've talked about before legislating from the bench mm-hmm. so the the Supreme Court it wasn't that they could or couldn't do whatever they just decided oh we're gonna step aside because mm-hmm. this is this is a war we don't want to be we don't want to be that Supreme Court that like gets in the way of of a really great war they had you know right. the the lizard, the lizard people, the Illuminati. They told them, "Hey, Supreme Court, you shut up. We're gonna go to Vietnam." And they were like, uh, "I'm sorry, lizard people. You're you're the boss." <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what happened. Yeah, essentially. Okay, but now, but now the Supreme Court couldn't say, "Oh, we, you, uh, hey, you're 20 years old, and the government says that you have to go to." Um, uh, the Gaza Strip, and then uh, like, oh, you have to go, and then the Supreme Court would say, yeah, that's it, yeah, done I deal. I mean, I guess <laughs> if they tried to draft, that we wouldn't get drafted though. I think we're too old now. 
Mm. I, think the, I think what the draft ends at like 30 or 28. I mean, something maybe. Like yeah, I mean, but but the draft would be like Dr. Blom's biceps are like 28. So get a, get over here. Like, I feel like my uh, just my war my war face alone if i got drafted i could get free health care from you <laughs> be like blom fix me it's all covered right i mean but also i would say a drop and give me 80 that's my <laughs> that's my health care plan that okay. the, the government says whatever so sean esquire i feel is uh he's just kind of saying that uh, yeah, there's nothing going on over there, but November. Okay, again, everyone, if you're if you're new to the show, please recognize that a lot's going on in the world. It's a scary world out there, Sean Esquire. Lots. Yeah. So when we say this week in history, it's pretty close. It's not exact. It would be exact if there weren't a pandemic and you know there we have a president that poops his pants all the time and you know all these other things so but otherwise we would be very very exact in our this week in history but november 2 shana square november yeah. 2 is pretty close yeah this week in history november 2 2000 international <laughs> space station Oh, the ISS. The IS the I ISS, everyone. The 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 is. Okay. International is. Space Station. If you are new to the show, please recognize Sean Esquire and I, well, especially I'm I'm like crazy crazy science nerd. I like I like the volcanoes. I like I like space. I like all of it. So this is the first uh, when the when the first resident crew arrived to the International Space Station, November two two thousand, this is uh, this is a big deal. What about How, the crew that that was up there beforehand building it for them? Eh, those guys are idiots, stupid idiots. <laughs> <laughs> they're not even they're not even part of. They're not they part the of the construction. people were up there months ahead of time. Not part of countries. That actually do space stuff. They're part the guys that build <laughs> space stuff. They're they don't know what math is. It's not my it's not my fault. Hang on, everybody. Oh, this beer is delicious. Mm. This is a <laughs> Shiner Oktoberfest. I'll, I'll just cut this section mm. out for you. Sean Square, you're supposed to fill in the blank when I when I do the beer there. So this is International Space Station. So what what part of international is international? China Square. Have you ever heard of United States? Boom. Yes. How about Russia? Boom. How about yes. Japan? Boom. How about Canada? Boom. How about a country named Europe? Yeah, a country named Europe. They were also they were also there. This is the <laughs> this is the didn't, <laughs> didn't Russia like say they're going to pull out of it though because of the whole war? It's a, it's a lot. It's a whole situation going on. This is the ninth space station, <laughs> Sean Esquire. So uh, Wait, again, everyone, every, every time we get letters, there's like, oh, Dr. Blom is laughing too much during the episode and whatever else. Like, you have to understand there's things that are that this is not a visual media yet. It will be. Uh, this is the ninth space station 
that was uh, inhabited by crews. So there was all these other space stations before the International Space Station. So, Sean Esquire, let me tell you about this big boy. Size, size of a football field. It's about the size of a football field. About 250 miles. Wait, which football? American football or European football? Doesn't matter. All okay. the same. It's still about the size of a football field. Come on, man. Hey, big, big, big boy. International Space Station. It's about 250 miles uh, above the Earth. And it goes around the planet about 16 times a day. Um, about every about every 93 minutes. How fast? How fast is this SOB? Is it gotten Mach, heavy? Mach, Come on. Mach 15. Mach 15. Uh, I'm looking at my mock chart. I don't think that you are close. It's about it's a uh, seventeen thousand miles per hour. So what's that? This like is the long? first space station ever that uh, that is um, really really. So sorry, first space station ever is the uh, Sol Solyut. S O L Y U T. So Soyut. This was the Russian space station. It was April 1971. I'm doing. I'm doing a little bit of backstory here. First space station ever. Soyut. And then there was a. They. They only had two trips out there. Uh, one of them it failed to dock, and the other one, they had like a three man crew. They were killed on reentry. So oh. the U S. They. They canceled. The this last was the Russians. Well, so the first space station was the Solyut. That's the Russians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the one that three of them died. Yes, on on reentry. Man, Russia is not good at this. They killed that dog, and now. Well, I mean, you have to think like they were really crushing it for the space stations. They weren't crushing it for the for the moon missions. Mm. Mm. Yeah, good point. You're supposed to be talking when I'm drinking beer. There is um, so the U.S. canceled the last three Apollo missions. We've covered we've covered the Apollo missions on previous episodes. U.S. canceled last three Apollo missions, and they said, "Oh, uh, we, you know, we, we need some money." And then that was they were going to fund the the Skylab. Skylab. I don't think that I, I don't think that's a cool name, by the way. Skylab, and so the Skylab. Because they scrapped the three Apollo missions, uh, then that was May 1973 to February 1974, and then recently, I I mean say recently, there was like that whole Skylab thing. It, it did a reentry July 11th 1979. He <whistles> like went into the Earth, right? Stupid! Mm-hmm. <laughs> they spent all that money. Stupid idiots, right? So. Uh, it, it lasted about six point six years in in orbit. And Why did they after, let it? So it crashed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, it got sucked into the orbit. They were like, oh, they didn't. Here, come, here put comes the skylab or something. I mean, they could, but they, you know, you know how government is with their with they're like, hey man, if you, hey everyone, friends of the podcast, friends of doctors, a uh, doctor and a lawyer walk walk into a podcast. Here's what you need to understand about the freaking government. Here's everything that you need to know about the freaking government. Hey, man, if we don't spend it, we won't get it next year. Mm. 
Sean Esquire. Yeah. If you don't use yeah. it, you lose it. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I have spoken to a police person that like helps with the funding or uh, hospital people that help with the funding, whatever else. Hey, man, come on. I mean, they may or may not have that accent. Mm-hmm. If we don't spend it, Sean Esquire. You don't get it. We're not going to get that money next year. There we go. NASA does that. Super duper nerds, the smartest nerds in the history of nerds. They do all the math that nobody wants to do. They're like, we're doing this math. I'm like, oh, that's, the, that's the worst math ever. That's what they do. <laughs> and so, yeah, everyone, it's not like the government is so complicated. That's how the government works. Mm. Right. It's... What, see, and they should like find some other method of like just come to us and be like, you want to build a new lab? Okay, here's some money. Thank, thank you for talking over me while I was drinking my beer. You nailed it. Thank you. That's it. Perfect. See? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, yes. So then the uh, the Skylight did reentry July 11, 1979. And then, uh, you know, got, uh, and then after that, then the Soviets, they basically ruled space stations for like 25 years, right? The U.S. there's got uh, sucked into the Earth, and uh, and then the U.S. Uh, USSR, like, oh, we did it. They did USSR five more Salyut stations. By the way, Salyut it means salute, or some people say it means fireworks. Then now we're getting to 1986. What happens in 1986? Other than like, I know in your head you're hearing like really like, relax, don't do it when you want to get to it. Yeah, that's a 86, right? Okay. Oh, that's cool, right? The mirror, the mirror station. Mm. That's that's also Russia. Like I said, Russia was like just crushing it for. Uh, hey, we have space stations. We have space stations out in space. I'm like, what else do you have? a country that's crumbling like our country's mm-hmm. not going to make it so the uh, mirror it means peace or, or it means world and so the mirror it, we made it from 1986 to 2001 the mirror space station this is a big deal this is the first modular space station china square oh like piece it together oh it's exactly like a giant lego thing like if you were like a Lego kid, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's amazing. So they like the the mirror, and then they like snap on this thing, whatever else. So um, also, I want to say this: the story of the mirror that has it has this really really cool side story about this guy, Major Sergi uh, Kirkalev. Do you know about this dude? Do not. Major Sergi Kirkalev, what happened was he's up in the mirror, right? He's like, hey, I'm doing mirror stuff. I'm doing, I'm, I'm space and uh, everything is great. Everything I'm is merely here. I'm mere, I'm merely here and uh, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing space shit and it's all good. And then, Shana Square, it explodes. Well, no, the, it country, implodes. Well, yeah, yeah. The Soviet Union implodes. Mm. So, so then they couldn't get him back. No, they could. <laughs> it's a great story. It's really good. <laughs> they're, they're like, "Hey, what's going on up there?" And like, "Um, I'm in space. I'm doing space stuff." And they're like, "That's cool." <laughs> uh, the hey, 
<laughs> just wanted a FYI, you. Just a FYI over there up in space for you that uh, you might not know this, but the country that you love and that you grew up in, they, we don't really exist anymore. It's not a thing. And like, Sunday, we need you to go outside and take the USSR badge are, off the side. You are uh, what's known in the space world as shit out of luck. Mm. That's uh, that's what just, uh, this poor dude. It's a, it's a really good story. When you go down the rabbit hole of all the of all these the space things, everything. This poor guy, he's he's kind of awesome. So yeah, he gets he gets stuck in space, and then eventually, other countries are they just say, "We got to bring this guy back." Come on, mm. Mm. he does he does make it back, and then, so that's the end of the SSR. Uh, it's it's USSR, uh, and then so what happens is the US says, "Hey, uh, let's get together," uh, and and that's what they do because. Space is all about friendship. Then uh, Russia, Russia had Mir, right? Mm -hmm. And then the U.S. had uh, had the uh, the space shuttles, and they said, "Hey, let's uh, let let's get it going on there." So the I, the ISS, the International Space Station, it can host uh, about seven people, right? Uh, Thirteen temporarily, and then the first part of the ISS. 1998 uh russia it it takes the uh the cargo block the core the the zarya goes in space there we go and then two weeks later then us uh says hey we're gonna do the the unity mod module so mm -hmm. this is uh yeah they're all modules they're like a like lego lego stuff yeah, yeah. We'll send it up there and connect it on then there's an uh, the Unity modules like an airlock, and it it does a docking station. By the way, that's uh that's where they what that's where they eat. That's where the crew eats. That's fun. Then the Russians said, "Oh, that's cool. We'll do uh we'll do some uh, living curdle cur uh quarters. Yeah, whatever they do over there. And then there's a uh, the first mission arrives, Shana Square." Okay. November 2, 2000. Ah. That's fun. They do the construction. <laughs> they do the construction from 1998 to, to uh, 2011. But they had to build it in space. They didn't launch yeah. a football field structure into the air. No, they were like they were launching it in, and they were like bringing in parts. Like it's it's all like a like a Lego ColecoVision situation. Yeah. Like oh, look at look at how smart we are. Clink clonk clonk Legos, and then they they snap it together. This is the uh, the uh, largest module is mm -hmm. the it's the Kibo. It's called the Hope. It's from Japan. Okay. How, how international is international? Uh, pretty internet. Like they probably got hibachi up there. I mean, there's, the there's, there's the Japan. That's the big one. Oh, what about the what about the Coppola? What about the Coppola from the European Space Agency? 
That's yeah. the dome, right? It has like seven windows. It's all weird, right? That's mm-hmm. their like, hey, get 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 over here, get in our dome. Look at all the, ooh, that space over there. You're well, you're welcome that we made the dome there. What about Canada? Canada got involved and they said, oh, there's Canada. There's the Canada Canada arm too. That's a dumb name. But anyway, Canada had this huge arm. They have like this Jaws thing. Like, oh, hey, you know, we're part of it. Like, Canada, stupid. You don't have anything space at all. They're like, oh, oh, we have an arm on on the space thing. Like, okay. Our arm's going to do hockey. 90% of our arm is going to be a Tim Norton's. All right, right, Canada, shut it down. And then, uh, by the way, Sean Esquire, the yes. uh, the ISS International mm-hmm. space, space Station. Eight spaceships can park on this bad boy. Oh, but didn't you say it only housed seven people? Uh, yes, but they. Uh, I think they can do like uh, like thirteen, you know, coming and going. Okay, but so at like, a certain, but at, at a certain point, I I feel like at a certain point they're like, hey. We don't, uh, you don't need to be here all the time. Yeah, like Chris gets up there from the Ireland shuttle and he does his Irish goodbye where he, you know, eats at the international food court and then just bails out. The distance that the International Space Station does in one day mm-hmm. is the distance of going to the moon and back. I wonder if they ever think about doing that. Like, hey, why are we just orbiting here? Why don't we take a, a holiday trip and we'll slingshot over to the moon and then slingshot back? Yeah, I think that's the, the whole thing, like why they're not like building more stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and like we've talked about before, like, oh, look, look at how fast they're going. Mm-hmm. On this thing, on the International Space Station, eight solar... I say arrays. Okay. We've talked about how like powerful things are before, right? Yeah. 90 kilowatts of power. Come on. In space? That's a lot of power. That's like a dually. That's remember, basic. Remember that that's, first satellite with the one? Oh, that's stupid. That Russian, that Russian sound. It was like a blow dryer. It was mm-hmm. like, like half a watt, right? How, uh, how heavy is the, uh, Let's talk about the dimensions of the uh, of the ISS. This thing's a football field. I'm guessing like 150 tons. 150 tons. Oh, you're you're very very close. Over 900 pounds. So there's that. Oh, right? that's all. That's all it weighs. Not 990 pounds. Yeah, that's that's not even a ton. It's over. <laughs> now a ton is two thousand pounds. This, this is thing like is nine hundred and ninety thousand. Thousand. Okay. You said nine ninety. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so it's four hundred ninety-five tons. It's pretty close. 
so let me let me let me wrap this up real fast. Two hundred sixty-six people have visited this thing, mm-hmm. China Squire. 162 Americans, 57 Russians, 11 Japanese people, 9 9 Canadians, right? Mm. They, they have that, that Canadian claw on there. They're very yeah, proud of the themselves. Uh, whatever, 5 Italians, 4 French, 4 Germans. Uh, anyway, so 36 shuttle flights have fly up to this thing to build it, right? Mm-hmm. And they're saying uh, the, it might make it to like 2030, 2031. Okay. 2031, they might be like, ah, that, that's enough. Also, you're like, oh, what's going on? Oh, NASA, dumb thing, whatever around the Earth. Hey, yeah, okay. Uh, NASA, the Artemis project, they, they have a space station they're going to build around the moon. Oh. So maybe maybe we don't need this giant dumb thing around the earth all the time. Right. Right? Also, in the history of the world, Sean Esquire, the most expensive object ever built in the history of the world, super expensive, all my tax dollars, stupid idiots, dumb idiots, stupid idiots, most expensive object ever built in the history of the world International Space Station, over $150 billion. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Thanks, NASA. That's really, that's really, really cool there. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to finish up with uh, something that everyone loves. And um, be right back. Welcome back to A Doctor and a Lawyer Walking to a Podcast. Sean Esquire. I'm excited for movie of the week, movie of the month, Ooh. taking us to November the 4th, 1990. Mm. Kevin Costner's directorial debut. Okay. Back to the Future Part 3. Oh, I was back back to the Waterworld. <laughs> he, he, he peaked at Waterworld, some piece. A lot of people some, would say some that. Some say. A lot of I've, people that made Waterworld would say that. Single-handedly, uh, one of the greatest films of all time. Maybe tied with that. Maybe tied with a lot of people fell in love with what, what would happen if the whole world was water and Kevin Costner had gills. That was... Mm-hmm. that was uh, All movies have been uh, down <laughs> since that. It's been horrible. Uh, what if Kevin Costner... Was Dancing with Wolves. That's an even better question. That's Ooh. November 4, 1990. This is a epic. Uh, I think the best movie out of that year. I'm trying to think if there were any better movies out of that year. I don't know about my 1990 movie knowledge. But this is a this is a classic. Like I said, Kevin Costner directorial debut. He rolled out a lot of issues with this film. He ran out of money at least once or twice. He had to... He had to roll out his regular money. He's just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I'll write, I'll write the checks here, everybody. Don't worry about it. Let's keep those, keep those cameras going." He uh, he was because of the movie. He was indoctrinated into the Lakota n- Nation, adopted by them as an honorary member. I don't think a full member, right? Like, well, it's like uh, you he know, gets like, to go smoke the peace pipe with them. <laughs> he, he gets a he gets a one day pass to go uh, to go on there. And uh, he makes like one Native American joke. 
<laughs> and they just like they have to tolerate it and look the other way. It's like, oh, he's the reason why uh, people know how to pronounce Lakota. Uh, I do have some interesting factoids for Dances with Wolves, 1990, Kevin Costner. Filmed in South Dakota. South Dakota is very beautiful. Been That's like just uh, just below North Dakota. I think so. It depends on by by way of the crow flies, as they say. Mm-hmm. Highest grossing Western film. Uh, I read a, I read a few places of all times of all the I don't know about since then. I'm trying to think Western movies. Tombstone. Tombstone after 1990. Tombstone was after 1990. Yeah, Tombstone was after 1990. It's hard to call it a Western film without a shootout, right? I mean, it's Western, but I just feel like if you're doing... Oh, there should be one even... tumbleweed. There, sh- there needs to be a uh, shootout at the OK Corral situation to, in order to... Like a full deal Western. Wasn't there a movie with him where he was like a... I don't think he was a doctor. I think he met up with like a doctor, maybe he was a female doctor or maybe the female was the daughter of the doctor. And I remember there being a shootout near the end. Is this like a, like the lady she's like, I'm a doctor, but it's the 1800s. Why? That's not possible. Is one of yeah, those. Put your germy <laughs> hands in there and fix them. There's no such thing as gloves or germ theory. Was that a uh, Quinn? Uh, Terry Quinn, the mer- the me- the doctor cowboy lady, whatever. Mm. Oh Quinn. yeah, Doctor Quinn, the medicine woman. <laughs> yes, that, that was nineties. Was it the nineties? Was that a show? Yeah, it was probably a show on CBS. Nobody watched it, so he yeah, was didn't, con- didn't make it. Very <laughs> didn't well. really take off. There were some people. At least there was one little girl from the nineteen nineties that was like, "Oh, I saw the uh, cowboy lady." And then she became a doctor, and that's why that's why I'm a doctor because that show that that I saw on CBS that only made it like five episodes, but that's why. So a good way to go. I don't know if that was CBS or not, but that's good. So highest grossing Western up to that point. Uh, yeah, I am really thinking that Tombstone was after Dances with Wolves. I'm pretty sure it was. Okay, John Barry is the unsung hero in the movie because he's JB. the. Com- <laughs> Jay Bizzle, he uh, he was the composer, and mm. I'm gonna say he did other compositions like Conan the Barbarian. I can't remember the uh, the other ones that he did, but g- great composition. If you ever listen to, uh, you know, when you get ready for work, you want to get all pumped up, like mm-hmm. in the shower, like listen to ACDC or whatever. Uh, take a break from that. Listen to John Barry. Listen to, to Jay Bizzle while you get ready for work in the shower, and you'll you'll be surprised how uh, how the the coffee in the morning just tastes. You don't need three cups of coffee if you got John Barry while you're in the shower. It won seven Oscars, Ooh. and maybe you've heard of Best Picture. Okay. Boom, che- boom, check. Funny, uh, it's a video, but <laughs> Best uh, Director, right? Okay. K Kos. Yep. K Kizzle, he did. He locked. He locked it in there. And best movie score, like we talked. I've already said, Mr. Uh, Barry, John, John, John Barry, he, he locked it in there. And also, this movie, this movie, Dancers with the Wolves, has a uh, has a connection. 
it's like a tenuous connection. Do you remember when we covered Jaws over the summer? Mm-hmm. And we talked about, we had Jaws facts. J- yep. Uh, Jacks, remember? There yep. was Jaws facts. And then there was Bruce the Shark. Remember Bruce the Shark? Yes. Bru- <laughs> so yeah, the robot. Robo, the robot shark. Ro- robot shark. It wasn't really a robot. It was like a puppet shark. I think online right. they... They try to make it more than it was. Like it's a robot shark, but it was the seventies. It was pretty much just like a Jim Henson, <laughs> Jim Henson puppet shark. So it's not a connection to that exactly. But they did have a kind of rob- robot buffalo, mm. ro- buffalo, buff- yeah. buff- buffalo bot. I buff think. Bot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I couldn't find a name on this guy on this uh, on this robo. <laughs> Robo buff, Bob buff a bot, uh, but it did cost around two fifty k in nineteen ninety money. I don't know what what happened from there, but yeah. So Jaws had Bruce the shark, which was this horrible. Sorry again, everyone. Uh, still got hiccups from the beer, uh, but yes, Nance with the wolves. I could not find anything about uh, wolf bots. I'm okay. going to assume like real wolf. Yeah. So, or they maybe like the wolf bot union, like, hey, we made all these uh, robot wolves, and uh, we're not getting paid for this overtime. We're, we're unions, and so they didn't, you know, they're like, take our name off of this, or they just they didn't believe in the film. They didn't, right. they didn't believe in the vision of Kevin Costner, and Kevin Costner was like, I put down my own money. I believe in this. It's filmed in South Dakota. I don't. So. Yeah, uh, based on the Sioux Natives, S-I-U-X. I don't know if you know this or not. You don't really pronounce the X. It's like... Uh, C-O. You know, like gumbo, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. like Cajun stuff. Yeah. I, don't know how, I don't know how that crossed over where the X is silent in so many different... Those, those were colonized by the French at one time. Right. Like you go to like Tibidoix. People will say, oh, right. it's Tibidoix. They're like, oh, it's Tibido. <laughs> or Potomac. Why, why, <laughs> why, put, why put an X in there at all? Also, Sean Esquire, what is the longest version of this movie that exists that we know of, I guess? I guess it's like too long. <laughs> I know that. That's very correct. Oh, remember, so when this movie came out in the 90s, uh, there was uh, these things called VHS. These mm-hmm. are like uh, brick data things. And so uh, it, I think my first one might have been Braveheart. It was like two two of the bricks, right? Okay. Or Scarface. You try to, you go down, you go down to this archaic place called Blockbuster Scarface Video. Like- Scarface was two, was two bricks, was two. Two VHS oh, he did have two bricks in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of foreshadowing. That would have been great if they just made the VHS cassettes. Look like a brick. <laughs> Look like a kilo of blow. <laughs> like, oh, that's for the theatrical release, whatever. Anyway, so in all of the hubris that may or may not be dancers with wolves, part of the hubris was there's a four-hour version there's a 236 minute version of dances with wolves and sean esquire a lot of people don't know this the 236 minute version 230 minutes of that just dancing with wolves that's it the whole the whole thing he's doing the moonwalk he's doing the worm he's doing dance like an egyptian 
you know, it just keeps going and going. And he's like, I'm Kevin Costner. This is my directorial debut doing this. You, you know what the the number one uh, dance was that won an award in that movie? It was the Foxtrot. There you go. I thought you were going to say it was the uh, it was the Dougie. It was the doggy. The, the doggy <laughs> dog. That's what he that's what he did. Snoop yeah. Dogg also wanted to be a part of the score, but But it was nineteen ninety and I think Snoop Dogg was doing uh doing some Snoop Dogg stuff. Snoop Dogg stuff. Right. Yeah, some Compton keeping Snoop it real. Stuff. Keeping it real. He didn't uh, have time to go to South Dakota. The chronic Dr. Dre's The Chronic was like ninety one. Two thousand one. No, <laughs> not two thousand one. Chronic was like ninety one. Are you sure? I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm saying it was not 2001. The Chronic was like 91. Like every uh, white kid, suburban white kid was just like, oh, yeah. Let me tell you about how hard the streets are because I, oh, like, because there I got were the Chronic. Two. He released one in 92. And then there was the Chronic 2001 album, too. Oh, I mean, it's like a re- remaster, re-release. Well, that was when they brought in the old Eminem. Okay, not the new Eminem. Right. The, the Anyways, one. We're way but, down a foxhole right. here on this. Yeah, Dance I mean, with the Wolves. I think that Dr. Dre could have helped on Dancers with the Wolves and mm-hmm. uh, and rolled out since <laughs> since Kevin Costner. Rode Mr. Barry's coattails. I'll say, even as even as a kid, I saw this when I was a kid. Two, uh, you know, nineteen ninety. I'm like I'm like three years old, two years old in 1990. Even then, back then, I was like, not enough dancing. Number one, I felt like that was that was a ripoff, and then not not enough dancing with animals in general. Yeah, it's a very misleading title. Never mind wolves. Could could you imagine dancing with the stars and there not being any dancing or stars? A lot of mammals, and that's even before you get into you know sea life. A lot of mm-hmm. animals to be dancing with that he just he just went he just went with the wolves. I get yeah. that. They're they're agile. There's a lot of and right. then on top of that, there was no follow up. I felt like Kevin Costner could have been Dances with Wolves Part Two. This mm-hmm. time we this time I mean it. And then he especially, really <laughs> Especially when you won seven what Oscars? Seven Oscars, uh, best score, best picture, best director. So, and then, and then on top of that, he he was like, "Hey, thanks for the awards, everyone." And uh, maybe I didn't do enough dancing. So wait, this Kaboom, was his- two hundred and thirty-six minute version. <laughs> we didn't need, we didn't ask for that. You got the Oscar. Please don't do that. <laughs> you said this was his debut, directorial debut. So what did he act in before that? How did he, he make all his money to buy a quarter million dollar robot buffalo? I mean, come on, yeah, there was the the baseball build it, build oh, it, and build it, and come. Field of dreams. There you go. There's that. No, so apparently that's what happened is that he didn't have a a great like a huge acting career, and then mm-hmm. he started doing baseball stuff, which made him a lot of money, and it's one of these double edged swords. Like as an actor, you know, you get kind of tied into something like you're not you're you're no one and then you get known for something mm-hmm. and then you're just known for that one thing and you're uh right. what do you call it type typecast you're typecast gotcha. into that 
So he didn't have a real actor leg to stand on, struggling actor, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? I don't know where he was. And then um, he got locked into baseball stuff. And then they said, oh, you're a baseball guy because you did Field of Dreams and Bull Durham. Bull Durham. And was there a war movie in there? He didn't do a war movie, right? I just I, I think he got he got really locked in typecast uh, baseball stuff, but that baseball he thought, stuff. He thought I'm so good with baseball, I'm going to make a film about dancing with animals. Gave him enough money that he could really. I mean, he it was a boy with a dream. You know, mm. once upon a time, he was like, I I love dancing. Dancing is the right. best. And then Kevin Cost uh, or uh, Kevin Bacon came along. He footloosed it, footloosed mm-hmm. it all over the place. And he was like, what am I going to do now? Oh, Kevin Costner, Kevin Bacon was, was dancing, dancing his face off in that factory by himself. No wolves. Right. He was like, you know what's better? Dancing in a factory alone. You know how it is whenever you go, you get really mad and you dance in an abandoned factory. Right. Yeah, there wasn't even like an 80s uh, music cutscene montage of him like upset and dancing with the wolf yeah because it was 1990 we just finished the 80s so it was it was made in the 80s mm-hmm. and so uh and then there was he didn't have like a patrick swayze moment where the wolf jumps to tim right. and he holds he holds the wolf up you and know spins. like oh hey you know there's no dancing in your wolf community, but there is now take that John Lithgow and John Lithgow's like a, like a wolf. <laughs> he's just dancing. He's just like, there's no some, dancing. Some say community. he was, he was hungry. Like the wolf. There was, there was so much uh, dancing in the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. Between Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon and Patrick Swayze. And then yeah. they tried to extend it and they, they said, Hey, you know, what's better than uh Patrick Swayze dancing. Havana Nights, and they made mm. whatever reason they t- they took it to the rooftops. No one knows. <laughs> Even as a kid, you're like, I don't know where Havana is. I'm not, I'm yeah, not trying to do geography lesson. I'm just trying to watch this movie about dancing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Michael Jackson had dancing stuff. Captain yep. EO, right? There was a lot of dancing in the '80s, and I think that Kevin Costner said, "Hey, it's my directorial debut." I better white. I better ride this wave of the of dancing, dancing. Yeah. right? But also, you know what people love just as much as dancing: furry yeah. mammals. Yeah. Well, we have wolves also, so that's just a no-brainer. He probably workshopped that with a whole team mm-hmm. of, Holly, of Hollywood people for at least a year. In one of those oh, market marketing events where you dancing bring people in from the streets plus western plus furry mammal wolves and they, and they said oh no no brainer there and then right. they then they uh just they went camping for the weekend to do a uh, trust fall and they said must- oh lakota lakota nation and then that that sealed the deal yeah you know i remember seeing this movie bits and pieces my grandparents had it i remember him eating a heart of an animal mm. no that's a great scene it's a really good um, scene don't remember any dancing and you're telling me this won seven award there must have not been any other movies in 1990 i'm guessing there were i'm thinking that off the top of my head i don't think they were that great i don't know how many movies in 19 from 1990 that there was like eating of organs right right Mm -hmm. that was that was supposed to be a buffalo organ i mean a buffalo heart 
You're the doctor. Right. How safe is that? Raw, uh, straight out of the animal. It's probably. <laughs> I mean, you, I, as a physician, I would say probably no. Okay. But as somebody that likes to cook, I would, you know, marinade, marinade, maybe a little bit of marinade goes a long way. Nothing too salty, nothing too sweet, like a little teriyaki, like a low sodium teriyaki. And then, um, you know, you can always, you can always jerky it, get mm-hmm. that bu- get that buffalo heart jerkied. The, the whole, oh, you know get what that else food, get that food dehydrator out there. You remember that food dehydrator that you bought at three in the morning, put it to use. Don't yeah. let it collect dust. Get that buffalo heart. Just cram it in there. Just cram, <laughs> <laughs> cram that buffalo heart in there in the in the food dehydrator. In the morning, you wake up, you got a little snack. Take it, around, take it around town. Tell people, hey, I saw Dances with Wolves. I know how this works. But yeah, suppose, supposedly, I think the I think the prop for that for the for the fake buffalo heart. I don't know, uh, like berries or something. I read it was a uh, it was like sweet fruit that they said, "Oh, we'll, we'll make it look like a bubble art." But mm. that being said, food dehydrating people. If you want to get on board the rocket ship that is Doc Law Podcast, uh, we have a lot of sponsors just banging down our door. So if you guys want to get in, mm-hmm. good luck. Dance card is full. Sean Esquire over here, right? So, but otherwise, uh, they they know where to find us. They know where uh, to find us. That's for sure. Yes, cram that. I'm saying, you know, if you see me at 3 a.m. on infomercial, cramming a buffalo heart full into a <laughs> tiny tray, right? They have tiny trays on those food dehydrators. Yes, yeah, get little it, round get ones. It, get it in, get it in there. Uh, I didn't design the thing. I'm just saying. Then uh, you put it in overnight. Boom, bang, boom. Delicious. Oh, look at that! I got buffalo heart jerky. Fresh buffalo heart. That's what yeah. you know. Everyone is always craving. And I was like, oh, I wish, I wish I had more of that. Whenever I left the house, you want, you know, oh, trail mix. This is garbage. If only I had buffalo heart jerky, then my day would go better. There's uh the budget for this thing was around 22 million. That's 1990 money. Uh, I think it only made something like 600 K or close to a million opening weekend, but then it just blew up. People were mm-hmm. like, Hey, you got to go see this thing. And then there was, I think there was maybe like uh, online rumors, but there was no online. So that it was just like rumors. They said, Oh, Kevin Costner, he's going to do the worm with, with a, with a wolf. For a, you know, it's a three-hour movie, probably two and a half hours of it is just him dancing with wolves. I bet you he got a lot of the uh, like bleed over from the cats, from the the cats. There's people that are like, oh, let's go watch this uh, this Broadway musical. People are going to be dancing with these cats, and the cats sing and dance, and that's probably what people they got in 1990. They had like weird drugs back then. Mm-hmm. So they got they got sucked into that whole situation. They said, "Oh, it's probably going to be like cats," and they went and watched it. And they're like, eh, "It's a western," and you know they did a good job. Thank you, uh, Lakota Lakota Nation. So that that was nice of them. So Maybe, wait, were the the Lakota weren't the Sioux? Or the Lakota Lakota Nation they adopted uh, Costner. I know, but, but but the movie was about the Sioux. The movie was about the Sioux, and so I think that the Lakota Nation was a subgroup within the Sioux. I didn't I didn't read other than you know that they that it was about the Sioux S I U X. That I I think Lakota Nation is 
part of the Sioux or, you know, there's a, there's a Venn diagram there. I apologize to the Lakota nation Sioux people. And that's what, yeah, because I'm a, I've been known to be a part of the Sioux nation, Mm -hmm. but the S U E not the S I O U X. Are you getting, are you getting like honorary member? I think Sioux nation. You're like, you're the guy, like you're like rolling out, like look out. They're like, sue them. Yes. Oh, okay. I fell. Oh, I fell at Walmart, and now I have PTSD for fifty years. I need yeah. Sean Esquire to make sure that my kids never pay for college. That makes sense. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the main uh, Native American guy. Wind, wind in his hair. That was his. Uh, like that was a translation. And also, and Sean Esquire, or we were joking about this uh, before, um, like rolling in, is that uh, I like. It's basically the final scene of the movie. Spo- spoiler alert, everybody. It's like a 30-year-old movie. Uh, he says, <laughs> Also, four hours long. If you stop at <laughs> two hours, 45 minutes, hang I mean, on. Not, I mean, how many four-hour movies, four-hour-long movies have you sat through in your life? This might be worth it. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Oppenheimer if was long. Not that it, long. That, it, was, it was pretty long. I remember asking you before I went. I was like, when can I go to the bathroom when I go see mm-hmm. this thing? Titanic uh, was a long one. I'm not going to watch Titanic. It's it's a boat. It sank, and you know oh. they fall in love. There's a jewel in there somewhere. Mm, uh, yeah. yeah, that's not like Dances with Wolves. Is is just no, it's epic. like Dancing with Icebergs. <laughs> it's like old lady dancing with dementia. She's like, <laughs> there's a jewel. None of that happened. Whatever. <laughs> she was never there. She just forgot how to dance. Old lady that was on the boat. Like none of that happened. Uh, when is when in his hair? He's the guy and at the very end. He's yelling. Uh, he's he's yelling uh, in in his uh, Native American. I think Sioux his his uh, Sioux uh, dialect. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Do you see that I am your friend? Can you see that you will always be my friend?" Which is beautiful because the you know good portion of the movie is about Kevin Costner is trying to get acclimated to their culture and there's a whole thing and so you know it's a, it's a whole uh, modern world meets, does he uh, fall in love with like a hot native american yeah. or <clears throat> yeah she's she's half white and she had gotten uh, rescued by that by that tribe she was going to oh. get killed by the by the mean tribe and then the nice tribe the sioux they they uh they took they, her they, under their arms they, t- they took her in under their wing and if not, then she would have been, she would have been uh, not okay because uh, it was a very difficult time back then. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I I am standing by Dancers with Wolves for 1990 best movie from 1990. Unless I can, I'm not thinking of anything else beyond that. The only other one that I recognized when I looked it up was mm-hmm. um, uh, the Hunt for Red October. Okay, 1990. That was in there. Uh, it. Which I don't know, was that the pretty, original it? Pretty darn good. No, I mean, man, now I'm thinking. I mean, it was a, it was not a movie. It was like a made-for-TV movie. Okay. It was like a direct to a direct to TV. I mean, I remember, you know, it was like a three-part, four-part. You talk about five hours long. I mean, that was the Stephen King days. Like, oh, I'm gonna crank this thing out. Kindergarten Cop. Oh, that's uh, close. Die Hard that, 2. Oh, my God. Die Hard 2, 1990? Really? Oh, yeah. my God. Die Hard 2 is the uh, the airplane one. The air, the airport 
airport yeah. one. And it has uh, James Evans Sr. from Good Times. And he's a, ba- like- he's a badass in that movie. It looks like a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme and mm-hmm. Steven Seagal type movies. 90, 1990? That's exactly what it was. 1990, there were, there were 4,000 Jean-Claude and Steven Seagal movies. And there was one movie where some guy dances with the wolves. He does the mm-hmm. worm with the wolves or whatever. And then uh, then something about Sean Connery trying to do a Russian accent. Days and of that, Thunder. Oh man. Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch Days of Thunder until fairly recently. Ooh, the great yeah. NASCAR film. That's where Tom Cruise met wife number one. Okay. Nicole Kidman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of no. course. Dances with Wolves is on this right. list. 1990. Okay. Um, yeah, those are kind of the big ones that I recognize. But you're saying 1990 was that, was that, oh my God, was that the year of Kumite? Is that what you're saying, no, Jean-Claude? That was 1988. Oh, so close. Sean Esquire has a Kumite shirt on, everyone, and it's great, and it's fantastic. And... I'm trying to think. Uh, Steven Seagal, 1990. It's one of the they, the Steven Seagal stuff all runs together. After a while, it's the Above the Law and Marked for Death, and they're they're all, they're all the same. He he yeah. talks like this, and 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 then he breaks like 15 bones mm-hmm. <laughs> with a keto because you know all the MMA guys are like you know the best fighting discipline is a keto. <laughs> talk to any MMA guy they're like no it's not a keto at all that's not the way to win MMA anyway Kevin Costner thank you for uh, thank you for Dances with Wolves I hope that Kevin Costner I don't think he's in retirement but uh, I hope no he comes- he's got that whole Yellowstone show mm, oh my god wouldn't it be great if he like started dancing with a wolf in this season finale, series finale. Like he does like six seasons of that. And then the last episode, the finale finale of the whole thing, he's just dancing with a whole menagerie of animals. You know? Yes. Like Noah, like Noah getting on the ark, but like he knows that the rain is going to kill everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it's all like, everybody dance now. He's mm-hmm. just, you know, he's doing he's doing the Dougie with the lion. He's doing the worm with one of the wolves. Uh, you know, there's no there's no stopping him. There's right? no stop till you drop. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin Costner, for uh, Dance with the Wolves 1990 uh, directorial debut. And he, won, he, he, got a, he got a truckload of money on that. So that mm. he can go on and do Yellowstone. How much did it make? You know, uh, for nineteen ninety money, something like uh, four hundred twenty-four million worldwide gross. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think adjust for inflation, that's well over a billion. If it, yeah, if it's, that's, it's a, it's I don't know if that's four hundred twenty-four spread out over 10, 20, 30 years or whatever. But uh, yeah, that uh, he put in his hit. He put in three million. And then um, I think the budget was twenty-two million, so that's pretty good. Yeah, good for you. Good, good for you, Kevin Costner. Good job, Squire. Uh, thank you so much for making time for for me, making time for everyone. Hey, everyone, uh, we want to apologize that we're putting this out a little bit late. We've got holiday season. 
We've got shopping, shopping to you, dropping, you know, uh, you, you guys, uh, our friends and listeners, you're busy doing family yeah. and wrapping stuff. I was oh, ready. Yeah. yeah. I was ready to drop this episode a couple of weeks ago. And then I was like, Oh man, I got to wrap all those gifts. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> Ooh, shame on me for loving my family. They'll be mad, mad at me. So, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in, uh, listening, we love you very much. Uh, new friends and uh, old friends, everyone in between. And Sean Esquire, your your beautiful face. I can't wait for our next episode. We got a big year in review episode. Oh, we're coming out. up on year in review. Very, very excited about that. I don't think, yeah, we won't be getting a holiday episode because we need to, you know, respect respect the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we're doing next episode, big, big year in review. So everyone look out. And thank you, everyone. This was this was episode twenty five, episode twenty six, twenty six, twenty six. Yeah, we're 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 making great progress, everyone. Thank you, Shana Square. Love you, love love everyone. Thank you so much, Kevin Costner. Great job, uh, Dance with the Wolves. Look forward to, to you dancing with uh, other mammals and uh, other species in general. Yes. Night, Doctor Blum. Good night, buddy. <laughs>